0: Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast, and we have finally made it through the bye week, and we have finally found ourselves just a handful, a couple days away from the return of San Francisco 49er football. Uh, The San Francisco 49ers find themselves 5-3, and surprisingly still in first place In the NFC after the bye week, although uh, we know the last three games wasn't very pretty for our red and gold out there in Santa Clara. Three game losing streak against the Browns, the Vikings and the Bengals leading into the bye week. But, you know, thankfully, the bye week did come (laughs) because this team desperately needed it. Uh, And look, uh, the bye week also had um, some wins, some W's of their own for The San Francisco 49ers. Yes, the Seahawks lost to the Ravens, uh, keeping San Francisco afloat and on top of the NFC West, keeping them in first place. But also, San Francisco went out there and acquired Chase Young, hoping to spark this defense to find its way at the trade deadline. And now San Francisco enters into a very pivotal stretch of the season, obviously they have played eight games. Uh, they have what nine more. Uh, this is their second half playoff push, you could put it as they have the fifth hardest strength of schedule remaining, uh, playing five of the remaining nine games against teams over 500, with three of those games on the road uh, one of them being against Philadelphia and the other being against the Seattle Seahawks. So, uh, San Francisco's second half is not going to be easy, uh, and that really starts on Sunday, 10 o'clock in the morning, in Jacksonville against the Jaguars, who they themselves also had a bye week. They're 6-2, first place in the AFC South, off a five-game winning streak, and also, again, coming off the bye week, and... Just like San Francisco, having acquired Ezra Cleveland, a former guard from the Vikings, at the trade deadline to help improve their offensive line play, which really has been piss poor this year. So, uh, kind of a tale of two different teams San Francisco, three straight losses, the Jaguars, five straight wins in the first half of the season leading into the bye week. Uh, both teams rested ready to go and both teams having acquired two players they hope can improve uh, the trenches of their uh, roster and both these teams have playoff potential they have playoff hopes and both teams are in first place so this really is uh, a potential i guess you can say uh, if all things goes well for both teams a potential super bowl matchup i wouldn't go that far for the jaguars but uh, right now they're six and two had a much better place than we are here with the san francisco 49ers and uh I'll just say this, that uh, with this being the kickoff of the second half of the season, if you want to go to any games, any games, whether it's at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara or on the road to support this team, support your red and gold San Francisco 49ers, use our promo code 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com. 49-E-R-S-A-C-C-E-S-S at SeatGeek.com. And save yourself $20 off your first purchase. And can I just say this? Uh, I'm so happy to be back. Uh, I'm sure you're happy as well, but I have been so bored because there's been no Niners now. It was nice to sit back last week and kind of watch the Seahawks lose, the Rams lose, uh, and many other teams lose. I was hoping the Dallas Cowboys can pull off one against the Eagles. By all, 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 you know they they, they kind of did, <laughs> but they didn't, right? Um, that game was certainly a, a barn burner uh, for those. I was slamming Death saying, Come on, C- give it to me. Come on, Dallas, and I couldn't get it done. But uh, I'm so happy to be back, and I'm excited for you to join uh, me on this journey towards the playoffs again, which do start on Sunday against Jacksonville. But I want to start off saying this is that despite San Francisco being five and three, despite there being A lot of questions around the team, despite uh, San Francisco themselves kind of questioning who they are as a defense, having to go out and acquire Chase Young, which I said when they did, that's great, I'm happy he's here, but we really shouldn't have needed to make that move, Uh, but again, I'll take me some Chase Young, but um steve volks coming down from the booth into or onto the sideline this weekend they're making that change it is confirmed uh this team right now finds themselves i think staring themselves in a mirror wondering exactly who they are and you know you kind of sit there and and you reflect on we should be better than this like this is not who we have been the past couple years but also knowing that you are in a better position record-wise than you have been the past couple of years, um, you can find these silver linings in this season. Uh, thank God San Francisco got off to a hot start. Thank God they're undefeated in the, in the NFC West so far. It's the only thing outside of them being one game ahead of Seattle now because they lost last week, uh, keeping them ahead of the Seahawks. Like, the easiest way to the playoffs is through your division, And through the first five games of the season, San Francisco's 2-0, so uh, the hot start certainly saved their rather lackluster three-game stretch. But to give you some hope, to kind of, if we're sparking the team, help spark the fan base, in 2019 and 2021 and 2022, San Francisco's best years under Kyle Shanahan the Niners are 8-2 in the month of November. So it feels like there are wins a coming for the San Francisco 49ers this fall, starting hopefully this Sunday against the Jaguars. And let's dive into this Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Um the Jaguars offense is very similar in a way to the Kansas City Chiefs, very shotgun-heavy. They're gonna pass out a shotgun run out of shotgun uh it feels very mahomes andy reed like and they are one of the more creative spread offenses in football you're gonna see three wide four wide even five wide sometimes they love passing on screen passes they love utilizing tight ends in the slot a very creative offense led by doug peterson and of course quarterback trevor lawrence and I mean, what can you say about Trevor Lawrence that already hasn't been said, right? Uh, Trevor Lawrence came in to the league as one of the best quarterback prospects of all time compared to Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, uh, and despite a slow start this year, Lawrence and Jacksonville have really picked things up again, having won five straight games, uh, but they do have their weaknesses as most quarterbacks do. Um, despite the offense being very similar to the Mahomes-Reed offense, Mahomes is pretty much the perfect quarterback uh, specimen, you can say, and I think his MVP and one-time Super Bowl, or two-time now, two-time uh, championships, uh, Lombardi trophies would prove that, but Trevor Lawrence well close to that in a way how the offense is run they aren't the same. Uh Trevor Lawrence does have some glaring weaknesses. Uh, against man coverage Trevor Lawrence this year is 24th in QBR at 49.5. He's 22nd in completion percentage 58.4 and 21st in EPA on passes 12.43. Now, you flip that and you talk about zone coverage, which San Francisco loves to do, right? That is a Steve Wilkes, uh, uh, one of his go-tos is zone coverage, which has been common here in San Francisco, whether it's Sala, Ryan's, and now Wilkes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence eats up zone coverage for breakfast, lunch, and unfortunately dinner and even dessert. He is the number one quarterback in QBR against zone coverage at 77 He's second in completion percentage at 76% and fourth in EPA on passes at 28.49. The question is, okay, you have a quarterback like this that really, you know, it's kind of a tale of two different coverages, really. Man coverage, not great at all. Zone coverage, the best quarterback in football (laughs) against zone coverage. So if you're Steve Wilkes, who again is coming out of the booth onto the sideline to Converse with his players and explain to them, communicate with them as to how we should do things. How can we fix some issues we're having? Um, you have to ask yourself if you're Steve Wilkes. He likes to play a lot of man coverage behind the blitzes. We know Steve Wilkes has been overly aggressive at certain times this year. Um, dialed down the blitzes against the Bengals last or two weeks ago at Levi Stadium in a loss with the Bengals carved up this defense, uh, but he loves to utilize uh man coverage behind his blitzes. And he loves to use zone with his standard four man rush. Uh, you have to wonder, does that change on Sunday knowing how well Trevor Lawrence has been against zone coverage this year? Um, you also like to think this, that the Niners defenses has to play better. <laughs> like, like yes, uh, Trevor Lawrence is has played really good football this year. Uh, but he's not been perfect. He's not been great. There are going to be times in games where he throws one or two balls that you're just like, man, you had 100% test score. Now you're like 85. You know, like those two passes you had or those two plays could cost them. Uh, but if you're San Francisco, you're sitting back saying... How long can a Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Mooney Ward, Tau Noah Hufanga, uh, and many other Javon Hargrave-led defense just play poorly? Now, this defense, even if they are going to play man with their blitzes and zone with their four-man rush, they have to execute. Um, On paper, again, On paper, means nothing the last three games for San Francisco, (laughs) obviously. But on paper, if San Francisco's defense can just play... I'm not even going to say who they were last year or the past couple years. Just be average. Just be the 12th best defense. They can beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they can hold this offense that's riding high currently to, I don't know, 23 points allowing the offense to, or giving the offense a chance to actually get a W in this game. The defense has to play their part, they have to play their role, and you hope Chase Young, now he's in the building, after two weeks uh, with the team, with the roster, holding hands with Nick Bosa, playing Kumbaya, Ohio State Buckeye Brothers, (laughs) right? But you hope that there's going to be this change, there's going to be this spark. The whole conversation after the loss against the Bengals was we look tired. Um, I don't love, like, you're not going to not get less tired as the season progresses. That worries me. But one game at a time, you escape against Jacksonville, then you play the Buccaneers, and all of a sudden, here's Seattle, then here's Philadelphia, then here's Seattle again. Um, San Francisco has a chance here to beat a really good football team and become 6-3 and and knock Jacksonville down a peg. Uh, and also climb up the rankings again, and you hope a team maybe like... The Cowboys uh, can, can lose and, and whatever. Like they're, they're, The Lions can lose as well, right? Like You're hoping that week by week you're improving your ranking and you hopefully by week 13 against Philadelphia, you're tied for the first seed, the NFC. Now, it's probably not going to happen, but you got to try. You have to fight, right? And this is a chance for this defense to step up. Um, I do think that... We are probably going to see Steve Wilkes play man coverage with his blitzes. Uh, That feels like the obvious thing. Now, obviously, there's a risk there, right? There's a risk in uh, Lawrence running. He's one of the best running quarterbacks, scrambling quarterbacks in football. He averages 25.5 yards per game on the ground, third most amongst quarterbacks. And he also has the sixth highest scramble rate, taking off on 7.5% of dropbacks. So he likes to run. He's very, very mobile. And for a team that really hasn't tackled well and hasn't been able to contain the edge again, you hope chase young can help fix that, but they have struggled there. Uh, This could be a chance for a mobile quarterback like Trevor Lawrence to take advantage of you playing man behind your blitzes, but also for a team that has struggled to cover with Isaiah Oliver, even Mooney Ward at times and uh, Lenore, Uh, You are putting your players on an island and hoping that the bye week they've kind of taken uh, a look in the mirror and, you know, kind of checked themselves. Now they're ready to go out there and prove themselves. So um, this is a chance for San Francisco's defense to really make a statement to almost... Test themselves. You have a you know a week off to kind of reset, uh, rest up, get healthy, mentally refresh yourself. Like brought Purdy out there at Iowa on the cornfields, right? Um, but your defense has a chance to kind of reset themselves and go, look, we're so much better than this. It's almost like uh, I, I I don't know what you call it, but the the message of like get up in the morning and. Say something kind about yourself to start the day positive. Like, you look gorgeous in the mirror. You look pretty. It's like, I can do this. You can do this. San Francisco needs to find their confidence again. Really, like, they do. There's no reason as to why Lenore can be playing that bad, or Isaiah Oliver, who isn't great, he's playing awful. (laughs) There's no reason as to why Nick Bosa and company can't get sacks and get to the quarterback and finish the job. This is a big game for them. Uh, I could argue even more so for the defense than the offense, again, considering you can't set the edge, you almost had no contain, and you can't tackle. If I told you Fred Warner, All-Pro Fred, and Dre Greenlaw have missed a combined 31 tackles through eight games, almost four tackles a game... And they're on pace for 66 missed tackles this season. Um, When I read that stat, it blew my freaking mind. I said, huh? And it's pretty obvious when you watch the games that, yes, we're missing tackles, but you see the number and you go, oh, my God, we suck. (laughs) and to put it in perspective they missed only 42 tackles in 2022 and they're already at 31 um again if you want a chance to uh, keep the Jacksonville Jaguars offense uh you know under wraps you have to be able to tackle you have to have your lead hunters be able to secure their prey to finish off their prey your Nick Bos your Warner's your Greenless. And if Lawrence scrambles, give him a knock. If you're gonna throw screen passes, at the highest rate in football, uh, give Etienne a knock. Like this, the Jaguars' offense is really good. Uh, they're wildly underrated in my opinion. You can argue who have they played. Uh, for San Francisco, I don't care about who the opponent has played. You need to reestablish yourself as an NFC powerhouse. You have ESPN and you have Fox Sports FS1 talking about the Dallas Cowboys being the Eagles' biggest threats. Yes, divisional opponents, I get they've played one game in Dallas, took them to the wire, had them beat three times, and couldn't get the dub. I get that. San Francisco boat raced the Cowboys 42-10, to 10, they lost three games in a row. San Francisco has to reestablish themselves as an NFC powerhouse because right now nobody believes in them outside of themselves and this fan base and even the fan base is starting to question how great or how good this team truly is. And there are areas to worry as to Steve Wilkes. You got two games to prove yourself here. Jacksonville, Tampa Bay If you can slow down Jacksonville, get your groove back, and then annihilate Tampa Bay, you're feeling pretty good about yourself going into Seattle, but week by week, game by game, you have to come in in Jacksonville. Nick Bosa's homecoming, mind you, to Florida. I'm sure he wants to sack the crap out of Trevor Lawrence. Um, This is a chance for your defense to step up, find themselves again, and almost revert back to how elite they were just one year ago. Uh, But again, going back to the major point here is and one of the bigger question marks of the Niners defense has been, can they get to Trevor Lawrence? But more importantly, can they actually sack Trevor Lawrence? Um, The beautiful thing about the Jacksonville Jaguars is their offensive line is not good. And because of that, Lawrence has been under pressure 30.7 percent on his drawbacks. That ranks seventh in the entire NFL And the Jaguars are last as a group in pass block win rate and 30th in one and run block win rate. Excuse me. Um, Right there, those stats tell you you are going to put pressure on Trevor Lawrence. You are going to make him move out of the pocket, maneuver out of the pocket, have to use his legs. And again, if you can contain the edge. Nick Bosa, Chase Young, and others, uh, you are going to have a good chance to feed him right back into Hargrave, Armstead, Kinlon company to finish off the job and get yourself some sacks. But to Lawrence's credit, um, he is phenomenal. In fact, he's the second best quarterback in getting rid of the ball early at a 2.41 second uh, time frame, um, which is why the Jacksonville Jaguars, again, last-ranked pass block win rate uh, offensive line, has only given up a sack rate of 6.1%, which ranks like 16th in the entire NFL. So, for the Niners, you shouldn't have a hard time getting to lawrence the jaguars will in fact say come on in you want a cup of coffee you can sit back here all day i know my quarterback is going to be able to escape the pocket and or get rid of the ball easily and quickly uh if you're san francisco you got to have your linebackers and cornerbacks mind you they have to play lockdown coverage you have to have your guys tackle uh San Francisco has never minded giving up the underneath. It's always been the up top. They've hated giving up. Uh, but this is not the last couple years where they're getting, you know, Warner has 15 tackles, 12 tackles, and they're securing receivers four yards five yards uh prior to a first down this is this year where they're giving up and they've missed 31 tackles so far so um yeah like the real question is which Niners defense is going to show up last year's defense this year's defense i would assume somewhere in between as they work their way back up to that level or if they even can do so i would think with this many stars they certainly should be able to get that done but this is going to be a massive test for Nick Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, and the newly starting Chase Young. Um, you know, Joe Burrow was great at avoiding pressure, and when there was pressure, getting out of the pocket, finding the open receiver underneath, and extending plays with his legs. Now, Trevor Lawrence is very similar to that. Quick release, it doesn't get sacked a lot because he can use his legs. Uh, we're going to see just how much... A Chase Young level acquisition can help this Niners defense because, oh my goodness, um, if they can't slow down Trevor Lawrence with Chase Young, um, we're going to have even bigger conversations of this defense is bottom tier in football. Um, they already rank twentieth or like twenty second in, in run defense, which Chase Young should help that. But still, there's many questions here. San Francisco almost has to prove doubters wrong, which coming into this year seemed kind of unfathomable. <laughs> it felt like, like, what? <laughs> like, like, why would San Francisco have to prove anything? They're 5-0. and oh. They were in the NFC championship game last year. They have a quarterback now. They have Hargrave now. They have Case Young now. But it's like, no, you almost have to reprove who you are as a team. And for Jag- for, for the Jaguars, just yes, Lawrence is there and he's great for all what he does. Um, but you can get to him you have to finish him off, get a couple of sacks, get timely sacks. You have to be able to get off the field. What separates the good from the great? getting off the field on third downs and holding opon- um, opponents paying, playing bend-don't-break defense. It's timeliness. It's the pivotal downs. It's the third and eights, the third and six, on uh, when they're on your 36-yard line to hold them to a field goal, when they're on your 42-yard line hoping to get into field goal range or a first down to extend their drives. It's, stif- it's stifling uh, a, a rushing attack with ETN that's been pretty darn good this year when it comes to total yards. Can your defensive line step up, set the tempo, and finally get back to playing San Francisco 49ers defense? And then if they can do that, you're going to allow Warner and Greenlock to feed off the energy and, again, become the hunters they have been the past few years, which, again, then feeds off and helps your secondary play better in coverage if this defensive line, which has no excuse to play poorly... If they can get to Lawrence and get pressure on him and they can start tackling again, which apparently is a big ask, this defense is going to improve incrementally every single play, every single week. Going to be a few blimps. We'll see how the Wilks out of the booth on the field works out. But if you can win in the trenches, which on paper and really just by name only, San Francisco should be able to do so. Nick is getting pressure. Not getting sacks. Uh, San Francisco made it a point to acquire Chase Young for a reason. They want to finish off plays. Finish the story like Cody Rhodes, right? Right now, they've lost to Roman Reigns, WrestleMania 38 or whatever it was in LA last year. Now it's time to get the rematch and beat in again this WrestleMania. San-, San Francisco has to view this as every game is a playoff game from here on out. This year in first place, you have some cushion. I get that. It's one game and you haven't played Seattle just yet. But the way you played the last three weeks, um, that ain't going to cut it against Seattle, Philadelphia, Baltimore and others. You have to establish your trust trenches you have to get to the quarterback and you have to rely on your stars to start playing better for the Jaguars though uh, I don't want to disrespect their weaponry it's pretty darn good Um, and that starts with Calvin Ridley Uh, you talk about well (laughs) maybe 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 he gambles on this game and we're all good here and it's not a worry but this year he's been pretty darn good for the Jaguars Um, he's a receiver who I wouldn't call him a true number one, but he's a receiver. He's kind of like a Mari Cooper light, in my opinion. Different skill sets, mind you, but he's really good at every single level. He can beat you on a comebacker. He'll beat you on a slant on third and four for a first down. Then he'll take you over the top, no problem. Calvin Ridley, uh, my main concern is that while I would assume Mooney Ward's going to be on him the majority of the time, um, if it's Lenore on him, uh, (laughs) night-night. By any chance, and it probably won't be, by any chance, if it's Oliver on Ridley, uh, the way they played the past couple weeks, it's oh my goodness, screaming at the TV, no, 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 someone cover him, no, no. Uh, But uh, that moves us to Christian Kirk, who is likely going to be this team slot receiver against and lined up across from Isaiah Oliver. Unless San Francisco decides to make a change, um, I know... uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, I know Daryl Luter Jr. is uh, coming off the pup list or he's practicing again, hoping to get back. Uh, I don't think he's going to be out there. I don't think Ambry Thomas is going to play in this game. But unless they make a change, it's going to be Christian Kirk against Isaiah Oliver. And that horrifies me to a point of Halloween season, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Ghostface, because Christian Kirk is basically a top three slot receiver in football. He has 43 receptions, 520 yards and three touchdowns this year. Doesn't sound too crazy. Then you realize he has the third most yards, almost 400 from the slot receiver position. And you're sitting there saying, hmm, so we can't get pressure. We can't get sacks. We can't finish off quarterbacks. We can't contain the edge. Hmm, what else can we do? Oh, Isaiah Oliver's been a liability for the past month. And he's playing one of the best slot receivers in football. Ooh, I can't wait for this one. (laughs) You're like, "Uh uh-oh. Um... This is going to be a massive test for him. Kirk is fast as can be. Some say Jacksonville overpaid for him. I just don't believe that. He's been money for them since he jumped on the field last year, coming over from the Cardinals uh, two off-seasons ago. He's been great. Him and uh, Lawrence have amazing chemistry. uh, He is going to cook the living you-know-what out of a slow as-you-know-what Isaiah Oliver, Kirk is shifty, he's fast on end-arounds, and again, in the slot, on slants, he will beat you deep um, at all three levels, he is great out of the slot, and for a bigger body guy like Christian Kirk, it is a, or excuse me, like Isaiah Oliver, this is a matchup made in hell for him, but I will say this, that the Jacksonville Jaguars love to use Evan Ingram, their tight end, out of the slot, which you would like to assume you'd have a Warner or Greenlaw on him. But if there is an opportunity for Isaiah Oliver to face a bigger body, despite him being really fast, Evan Dingerman has like 4-4 four, four speed, and they utilize him kind of like Travis Kelsey. Again, going back to the KC Jacksonville similarities with their offense. Um, I do think Isaiah Oliver should have more success against Evan Ingram if he is in the slot, which he will be at times, but um, if he's not, you would like to think Fred Warner and Greenlaw can take care of him, but you just want to give him credit. This year, he has the third most receptions among tight ends at 51, and he's the third most targeted tight end in the entire league this year, so Evan Ingram, former giant, he's making his hay out there in Jacksonville, a big contract this past offseason, but Isaiah Oliver is either going to have Christian Kirk or Ingram in front of him. My money would be on him actually being able to stop Ingram. Christian Kirk, not so much. <laughs> not so much, even to a point where I would say, hey, um, if you had a Evan Ingram in the slot or you have Christian Kirk out there, uh, you might want to figure out some personnel change and only rush three and you want to have Greenlaw or Warner against Evan Ingram with Orrin Burks on the field as well, because you need to tackle somebody. And uh, with the speed the Jaguars have, it's not Miami Dolphins level. It's kind of a step down from that, but Ridley's pretty quick. They have one of the faster tight ends in Ingram. Christian Kirk is a blazer, and of course, you have their burner. You have Zay Jones, who... Just to pat myself on the back here, if I can... Um, I wanted San Francisco to sign Zay Jones two off-seasons ago, and boy, would that be awesome compared to Danny Gray right now. Because Danny Gray is kind of in the Shanahan doghouse, uh, dog and he ain't getting out anytime soon, unfortunately. Um, despite being hurt, now working with the back from injury, uh, he, uh, Shanahan, not a fan of that guy. But um, Zay Jones, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, but this man loves to go deep, and let me tell you this, Jacksonville is going to take shots against this defense. It's almost as if it's annoying to say over and over and over again, if the Niners can just tackle, (laughs) they're going to be able to, to at least limit this Jaguars offense, and it's going to force the Jacksonville Jaguars to take shots downfield and force things downfield, which you hope can turn into turnovers and takeaways. Um, I believe our defense still has 10, which ranks in the top five in football. Um, It's not like the Niners shouldn't be able to have success if they can just do the basics, get sacks, get pressure, and tackle. It's almost like it's called tackle football for a reason. (laughs) If you just tackle, you're going to have some success against the Jaguars offense, but it doesn't stop there. The Jaguars have one more weapon uh, that is on the ground. Travis Etienne. Etienne is one of those players where, again, going back to the whole speed conversation, he's not as fast as Tyreek Hill. But I tell you this, when he sees a lane, when he sees some space to the edge, he is just like freaking Flash, uh, not Ezra Miller, mind you, but Flash the character, or, or like Dash from the Incredibles. He is just boom. He is gone. Hits the jets. Has a light up sneakers like the five year old kids back in two thousand two, where they were like, "Look, mom, I'm fast." And, they, and then the, the, the things lighting up on the on the on the concrete and, and the blacktop out there. But I mean, this guy is freaking fast sixth this year with 583 yards in the entire league on the ground and again he's not in a like you're gonna see his yards per carry at like 3.9 that's not very good but it's those big chunk plays he gets where you're like oh my god like again those third and sixes those those second and tens where you're like oh stop him here make it the you know, third and eight make it three third and six Again, if they can tackle, but this is another game, which is most games, but this is pivotal here because he's so fast because Etienne can beat you with a snap of the finger like a Tyree kill, although lesser than that. Um, If he sees a lane to the edge night, night, first down night, night, six yards, 10 yards, eight yards, he is going to get to the edge in an instant You have to set the edge again, going back to the you have to do the basics conversation. But even more so, uh, this is the Chase Young effect. There's more to just getting sacks and pressures. Uh, When San Francisco acquired Chase Young, it was, hey, uh, you're a pretty darn good run defender and our run defense stinks. Um, What can we do to help limit opposing running backs? Oh, set the edge get tackles, and also be just generally a really good run defender, which Chase Young is. Um, This is going to be needed against the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you've looked at the Niners' depth chart recently, you will see the starting edge rushers, which isn't a surprise, are Nick Bosa and Chase Young, two really good run defenders, although Nick Bosa has struggled so far to set the edge this year. That phrase is so annoying by now, I'm sorry, but... You also see Drake Jackson, who was pretty poor in run defense, is all the way at number five, at the very bottom of San Francisco's edge-rushing depth chart. He's behind Cleland Farrell and Randy Gregory. This team is putting an emphasis on stopping the run because, well, it's been so bad (laughs) the past couple weeks, but... You're Playing ETN, he's blazing speed. You have to set the edge, you have to play good run defense, and again, you have to tackle. I'm sorry if it's annoying, but it's just the truth. San Francisco has is going to have their hands full if they cannot complete and execute the basics of defense. Um, but continuing with the receiving in the passing game, ETN's an average passer or average pass catch and running back. 33 yards a game, 9.9 yards a catch, fifth among running backs. But here's the kicker the Jaguars run the most screen plays in football to your Christian Kirks, to your Travis Etienne's. The Niners rank 15th um, uh, against screen passes. I'm going to say it. He's got tackle. Just tackle, you're going to be okay. Um, San Francisco has the speed on defense, the smart, uh, intelligent players on defense to sniff out the screens, but uh, this is a massive test for San Francisco. This offense isn't as efficient as the Bengals, but I would say it's right there just behind them. I would say offenses in football, you got to have your Philadelphia's you gotta have your Bengals. You're gonna have what your Chiefs, or at least you're gonna have your Mahomes and Kelsey's, right? You're gonna have your Dolphins and maybe your Buffalo Bills. Um, I would say Jacksonville slots themselves maybe in the B tier of defenses in football, but because they have their, because they have so much speed, um, it's almost like an extra. Uh, added on factor into their offense and how they utilize them because they are unafraid again going back to avoiding pressures and avoiding getting sacked and their low sack rate at like 6.7 percent 6.1 percent it is because of quick passes and screens and it's again like the Bengals have done like teams like the Vikings did with Kirk Cousins uh, and others have done against this defensive line quick passes, and it, re- it will stop. It will limit what Nick Bosa and company can do. So again, it's more pivotal. I want to say it one last time. Set the edge in tackle. It's going to make your life a lot easier if you're the San Francisco 49ers. But thankfully, they do kind of get a break here because... One, the Jaguars aren't great on the ground when it comes to yards per play, and they also are not great when it comes to getting in the red zone and finishing drives. So the Jaguars have a 47.6% conversion rate in the red zone. That ranks 25th in football. When you're talking about finding your groove back, almost going back to the basics of tackling, set the edge, whatever it is, you're almost getting a break here. Where it's like, now we can kind of play Ben don't break defense, give ourselves a breather, and also reestablish the belief and faith in yourself that, hey, we can do this. <laughs> um, and San Francisco is going to be able to get pressure. It seems like on paper they should be able to play Ben don't break defense, giving their offense a chance to put up some points against Jacksonville's defense, uh, and also get off the field on third down. The Jaguars are converting only 36 percent of their third down conversion plays, which again, this 24th in football, this team is rather inefficient in the red zone and on third down. When you're talking about an elite defense on paper trying to find their groove back. I know Lawrence is good. I know that what San Francisco has struggled at this year is what the Jaguars are good at in 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 spaces and parts, being screen passes and quick you know quick plays and quick passes. But they're bad on third downs. They're bad in the red zone. Ben don't break defense. Getting off the field when it matters. Ending drives. This is a really good opportunity against a rather really good offense for San Francisco to refine themselves on defense. It kind of give some confidence to Steve Wilkes. He even said, "I'm built for this, for the ad- for the um, the adversity, for coming off into the booth down onto the field. If you're built for this, Steve Wilkes, show it on Sunday." We've seen this team go through hell the past couple years, losing to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Then you have against the Rams in the playoffs two years ago and the Eagles last year. This team has shown the players here have shown they're built for this. They're built to last. Now it's time for everything to come together and show us on Sunday, hopefully in the non-rain field in Jacksonville. Hopefully it's it's a bright sunny day out there in Jacksonville and Florida. And hopefully Nick Bose is out there shrugging his way to a victory, sacking Trevor Lawrence a handful of times. But This is a great opportunity for San Francisco's defense to reestablish themselves, refine themselves and just believe in yourself once again. But Enough with the defense. I've already told you how Jacksonville can give us some issues and how we can kind of stop them and hopefully limit their offense. Now let's get to the Jaguars' defense and how we can exploit them and score on them and hopefully get back in the win column for the first time in over a month. I hate saying that. That sounds awful. But Jaguars' defense, uh, very Todd Bowles-esque. A lot of stunts playing cover one, uh, very aggressive and attacking 3-4 scheme, um, but you're going to see him have two defensive linemen sometimes and four linebackers and five defensive backs. It's very creative. Um, they like to get to the quarterback, or at least try to get to the quarterback. They're going to blitz a lot. Uh, this defense, again, very Todd Bowles-esque, go back to last year against Tampa Bay. First play of the game, what did they do? Bring pressure and smack Brock Purdy to the ground eventually broke his ribs, and then won against the Seahawks the the next week on Thursday night, uh, clinching the division. That being said, this defense is very similar to that Todd Bowles defense in Tampa Bay. Uh, Personnel obviously very different, but very similar in how they want to attack an opposing offense. Um, I firmly believe this, though, that the San Francisco 49ers offense has the weapons to walk all over the Jaguars' defense. Now, hear me out. Uh, I do believe the Jaguars' defense is pretty darn good. Um, they've, you win five games in a row for a reason. It's like San Francisco won five games in a row. You have to give the Niners and the Jaguars credit here. It's just, their records are flipped because of when the bye week was and when they started winning. <laughs> uh, the Jaguars, I think, what they like to do with something that we've seen a handful of times before. Again, Buccaneers, the Giants this past year, or earlier this year, excuse me. Um, they love to blitz. Uh, 26.2% ranks 12th in football. San Francisco has seen a much higher blitz rate against Brock Purdy and company this year and come out looking like a rose, right? Um, I think this is, again... Going back to the basics on defense, you can get back to the basics on offense here too. Um talking about Brock Purdy, the past couple of weeks probably feeling like he has to play a little hero ball and then just not going well. What he has what 5 picks. 5 picks in the past th- month, past 3 games. Um and against the Vikings and against the Bengals, he has two picks on back-to-back drives and pulled those games. Um You can just tell there was a little bit of hero ball having been played or trying to be played, trying to do too much, right? Um, This is a chance for Brock Purdy and the offense to get back to basics, find CMC, find a returning Debo Samuel back on the field. How great is that to hear your Brandon your your George Kittles? Find them on quick passes and let the Yak bros, let CMC do the work for you. I mean, this does feel like San Francisco, again, a week, you know, week and a half off, whatever it is. I'm sure Shanahan has just not left the film room. Uh, and I'm going to guarantee the offense looks a lot better against Jacksonville than they did against the Bengals, Vikings, and the Browns. Um, no more 17 point games. Gotta get 20. Let's get 25. Let's refine ourselves back to 30 again. Um, you get 30, you're probably gonna win. Um, I don't think they'll get 30, but I do think that they have a good chance of uh, beating up on this Jaguars defense. Brock Purdy willing to look out for Josh Allen, though. No, not the quarterback. Josh Allen, the defensive end, has nine sacks this year, fourth in the entire league and 20 pressures tied for 15th. Um, he is basically a B-plus edge rusher. Uh, he is a step below your Nick Bosa, your Myles Garrett, Micah Parsons. He's kind of the Rashawn Gary kind of player. He's really good, though. Um, if you let him, he will take over a game. I mean, he's kind of like a Trey Hendrickson with the Bengals, right? Where it's like, they, like, you don't think of him very often, but they put a lot of work in and they've been consistent for a handful of years. Josh Allen is that kind of player. He's kind of the, I don't want to say only, edge rusher to look out for. They have Trayvon Walker, who is fine, but really hasn't been a former number one overall pick-esque kind of player. Um, But he, Josh Allen kind of is the one player you're like circle that guy, make sure he does not get to Brock Purdy one bit. Anthony, if you're our Purdy, you have to know where Josh Allen is at all times. But when I say, but I mean, B U T all capital. You can even add a B U T T in there because what I love seeing that Jacksonville loves to blitz Seeing they have really one really good edge rusher, they play a ton of zone coverage. The third highest rate in football, meaning, like most zone covering defenses, a lot of things open underneath, which means, ding, 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 uh, your boy Debo Samuel should be able to wreak havoc on The Jaguars defense allowing, again, whether it's Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, the Yak bros to get it done, and the Jaguars are allowing 134.75 yards of Yak per game. Fifth most in football, they're allowing 5.13 yards after the catch per reception, that ranks 19th, that's a little better than what their yards after the catch per game was, but When we're talking about getting Debo Samuel back and reestablishing your physical nature on offense, uh, running the football again, and getting Brock Purdy back to the basics, you talk about making him comfortable early against a team that likes to blitz. If you're going to blitz, and you're going to play zone, and you're going to leave the the underneath open in small bubbles, Brock Purdy is going to hit his kittle, he's going to hit Brandon Ayuk in soft zones, Uh, he's... He's got to be patient, mind you. Brock Purdy has to be patient here. Um, Jaguars do not give up big plays. They just don't. They're a really good defense that does not like to give up big plays. They don't do it. If Brock Purdy is patient, but he is going to have a chance to really, I don't want to say play great, but going to be able to find success against this Jaguars defense. Be patient, but if they're going to blitz... And you can find your Kittle, your Ayuk, but also you can find your Debo Samuel, who I'm sure is ready to run over a Mack truck in this game. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Debo's saying, you know, after he gets the ball for the first time, he wants to run through a Josh Allen, run through, you know, their entire defense and say, you miss me? I'm back, right? Now, Debo Samuel last week said, I'm ready to go, I'm good to go. I'm sure he's itching and chomping at the bit to run through a defender, And I'm going to assume the first play of the game, if it's not the CMC, the betting odds are it's going to Debo Samuel. Because I'm sure he is like, Kyle, give me the ball. I want to be the ball handler. I'm ready to run through a freaking fence, a steel wall, the bank vault. I want to power this team to victory again. Uh, And I just can't wait to watch him do some work against this Jaguars defense, who quite frankly is like... Yak, you can do whatever you want. You just have it. You can have it all day. Hey, hey BK, have it your way. You rule. That's what Tebow Samuel is going to be. Whopper, whop. that's going to be <laughs> Tebow Samuel on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're probably going to hear that commercial 19,000 times on Sunday as well, but I digress. This is a game where it feels like Brock Purdy is going to have a chance to limit the mistakes he's made to rather. Feel comfortable in the pocket and have this offense bounce back and score at least 18 points, not 17, but at least 18 points in this game. Um, I do think, though, there's many questions about Brock Purdy um, limiting the mistakes. Can he do it? He can. Brock Purdy has played great the past, what, three games besides one or two plays in each game? Yes. The picks are ugly, they're bad, they come at bad times. I get it. Um, I would assume Brock Purdy has gone back to the cornfields, um, put his 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 Superman cape back on, and is, is going to regenerate his strength and come back to Santa Clara and then go to Jacksonville and hopefully re-find himself. Um, I would like to believe I do not know much Superman lore, but I'd like to think that... Um, Go back to the cornfield back home, uh, and you can kind of regenerate your strength. Be out in the sun where Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, gets his strength when out there in sunny Florida. You go out there, and hopefully you can re who you are. <laughs> right? God, I'm a nerd. But anyways, <laughs> um, I do think this is a game where, yes, again, to give the Jaguars credit, they're a good defense. There's not going to be a lot of over the top big plays but if you give San Fran like if you're going to give San Francisco Yak, you're almost allowing Brock Purdy to play his style of offense and you're going to allow Shanahan to call his style of game and that's just passing the football and we really haven't even got to George Kittle yet. If you get where I'm going with this, hear me out. Um the Jaguars you can target their linebackers basically all day and you can target their nickelback Trey Herndon. Um, If you're going to utilize a player to target a nickelback and you're going to utilize a player to target linebackers, I think someone rings a bell. Uh, and it's someone who actually just had a football life documentary, which was awesome, by the way. Uh, learning more about George Kittle, who I would like to know what his what his butt-cheek tat is with C.J. Beathard because I might want to get one too because I think George Kittle is going to have himself um, quite the day on Sunday against the Jaguars. And I again, I'm saying all these guys are going to play great and whatnot. What I'm saying essentially is, is that this offense... Um should be done with 17 point games. Should be done with, you know, they have to score here or the game's over, right? The defense should play better. Um, it's really just breathing, refining yourself, recentering yourself, and just sitting back and saying, Man, like, we're the San Francisco 49ers. We've played like crap. It's not gonna happen anymore. For the offense, um, I do think the Niner like when you just, again on paper. Even it on paper. When you think of the Niners, the Jaguars. Oh, j- the Jag- Jaguars are good. But then there's the Niners. You're like, they're elite. They got Bosa and Hargrave and Kittle. Like, you just go through the entire roster and say, better, 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 better. Like, the only position where the Jaguars are maybe better is quarterback. That's it. And maybe offensive line only because San Francisco's kind of banged up right now. Like and even then the Jaguars' offensive line is kind of kinda cheeks, kinda sus. <laughs> like they they're worse than mid, as the as the kids say, right? Um I'm only 26, Jesus. <laughs> but anyways, uh all of that set out there. The most important thing for San Francisco's offense, yes, Brock Purdy, no turnovers, yes, scoring over 17 points getting Debo back, reestablishing the yak, this, that, and the other. I get all that stuff. The one thing the San Francisco 49ers offense needs to do, the one thing I would assume Kyle Shanahan is saying, if we're going to do anything right against the Jaguars on offense, it's going to be this. That is run the football. Which is weird to say, knowing that Christian McCaffrey still leads the NFL in rushing, (laughs) but this goes back to trench warfare. Uh, Having Trent Williams back at practice on Thursday, great sign. Hopefully he can play. We'll see what that looks like going forward. Um, Again, you're out there practicing. I would assume Trent wants to play. I get them being cautious, but getting Trent Williams back is more important than Steve Volks being on the sideline. You get Trent Williams back at left tackle, knowing Aaron Banks has turf toe and is not going to play in this game. You are giving your offense a massive boost, protecting Brock Purdy's blind side and giving them a lane to run behind. You're giving them almost a guaranteed hole to run through when you have Trent Williams out there, again, if he is not healthy enough to play, I get not playing him, but my God, if we have to watch Jalen Moore and John Feliciano play left tackle and left guard with Brendel, Burford, and McKivitz, I might throw up. I might gut myself because, oh my God, um, that's a nightmare just on a running the football basis. But if you get Trent Williams back, you, you're freaking good hands, my friend. You let all Allstate stand. Like, you are in good hands with Trent Williams back, knowing that the Jaguars have the third-ranked run defense in football, only giving up 79.3 yards per game. But every will... There's a way. Every stat I have, there's a but to follow. The Jaguars have only faced one top 10 rushing uh, or yards per carry team in football. That is a ninth... The ninth ranked Colts, Um, San Francisco ranks fourth or Jesus, San Francisco ranks seventh in yards per carry. And with the last three games averaging ninety five point three yards a game uh, with their first five over one hundred and fifty yards per game. When you talk about uh, you getting almost the biggest lift you can outside of literally having Jesus Christ lift you up to a Super Bowl victory, right? It's getting Trent Williams back on the field for the San Francisco 49ers. He opens up so much for you. And not to be sacrilegious, right? Just, Trent Williams is such a big help to the Niners' offense. It's almost like... Trying to think of an analogy, there really isn't one... But it's almost like the biggest boost an offense can have. It would be like, you take away any quarterback's left tackle and left guard and number one receiver, it's going to be hard for that team to win. It's going to be hard for that team to be successful. You get Debo Samuel back, it pushes Ayuk back to receiver number two, Jennings back to three, Kittle is now your tied number one again and not a mainstay in the offense, you you're pushing guys back in the, into their 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 normal role making things fit and work much better then you get Trent Williams back you have your left tackle you take away the Eagles left tackle you take away the Cowboys left tackle their their unit becomes much weaker now the difference is some of those teams have good backups but Take away Mahomes' left tackle. Take away star quarterbacks' left tackles. It's going to be hard for harder for them to succeed. Purdy hasn't had Debo. He hasn't had Trent, and he's still played relatively well over the course of the last three games. Now he, what it looks like, getting those players back. Players go back into their preconceived roles. They get more comfortable, and the offense gets smooth like better for my, my K-pop fans like BTS, like better. I think San Francisco, I'm not going to say crush or kill. Uh, this team still has a lot to prove to me. I'm assuming to yourself. Um, but I do think the Niners can get back on track in Jacksonville. I think they have done a lot of reflection. You can tell there was a boost once Chase Young got there. I think this team, again, they just needed some time to sit back and say, like, what is going on? Like, wh- what is happening? You go back home, you sit with your family, get a week off, and you just kind of breathe and go, we're okay. I, I, to be honest with you, I've had a pretty crappy week for a variety of reasons. Um, I got a $108 parking ticket. My immediate reaction was to yell and scream and curse and kick the meter and go down to the San Francisco meter maze and start punching and kicking and screaming. I breathe and I said, "Well, it's 11:35 p.m. and I have to go home still. What's it worth being mad over driving home? <laughs> I'm gonna get into an accident, and hurt myself. I'm gonna breathe. I can be angry." I'm going to peel this thing, which I didn't. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully I get passed. I paid the meter, folks. I shouldn't have got a ticket. <laughs> but hoping, like myself, San Francisco sat back and said, everything's okay. It was a blip in the radar. It's not going to happen again. I'll find a way to maneuver around it and work through it. San Francisco had their parking ticket against the Browns and against the Vikings and against the Bengals. Had a week off to breathe reflect and say, how can I not get a ticket next time, like myself? Now, unfortunately for myself, there is no solution, <laughs> but, but for San Francisco, there's a handful in front of them, and I think against Jacksonville, they can find those solutions needed to win. I think they do win 27-24. to 24. If it's a Jake Moody game-winning field goal, wouldn't that just be icing on the cake? I don't want any cake. I'd rather have the whole meal and just say it's 24 Nothing, but that being said, 27-24 is my prediction. San Francisco gets back in the win column, finding themselves once again on the road and reestablishing themselves as, oh, they just gave the week off and everything is A-OK, but we shall see. We shall see. And again, if you are looking for a place to vent or celebrate, hopefully, Tune in to 95.7 The Game right as the clock hits zero. Myself and Mark Grandy are going to have the post-game show again on 95.7 The Game here in San Francisco. You can use the Odyssey app, and on Monday you're going to want to tune in back into this YouTube channel or this podcast feed for my own post-game reflections, reactions, and analysis of what happens on Sunday against the Jaguars and the Niners. For all that news and content, you can follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is the Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at, or 49ers access is the Instagram. Over 18,000 followers on there, Hope you can join us on Instagram or Twitter for live reactions, live takeaways, live yelling and frustration because it's the San Francisco 49ers and God, do they have my soul and do they have my heart. But if you also want to go to games, use our promo code 49 ers access 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave that review all free and easy ways to help the show, help the podcast and celebrating 49ers football being back after a horrible, just treacherous, just this awful week off of having to watch all these other teams win and lose. But we're in first place. And let's hope that carries on and over into past the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back your San Francisco 49ers by giving a like, share, review to the show, tell your friends about the podcast, and like always, until next time, stay faithful.